Hey there, it's Robert, your friendly neighborhood grip. Thank you all so much for listening. Hey, we saw this week that we got a lot of new listeners through Pocket Casts. So if that's where you get your podcasts from, welcome and be sure to give us a subscribe and tell a friend or two because your word of mouth is really the best way to help grow this podcast of ours. So let's get on with Chapter 7. We've got another nasty combat in store for you. And it's the first time our buddy Grip has been exposed to a slashing weapon since he woke up with his new phobia. I hope he's okay. Welcome back to Dark Nexus. My name is Rob, I'm the Game Master, and we've got our four players with us. I'm Katie. I'm Paul. I'm Robert. And I'm Johnny. Tonight, it's Act 1, Chapter 7. So, we had a nice role-playing episode last week, got a chance to sort of duck inside the heads of our little band of companions here as they took what seems to be a rite of passage at first level, which is the multiple day recovery from the first really hard fight. <laughs> it happens in pretty much every campaign we've ever run. In this case, it only was one entire full day. We ended by ducking into Ray's head to experience with him a particularly horrifying nightmare. And a, um, the result of that nightmare in terms of hit point damage oh, done no. to your actual oh, waking no. body is three. So you wake up with three points of damage from what seem to be the wounds of bladed weapons, like, say, a war razor oh. having slashed across your face and your chest. A war razor. Mm-hmm. That's a Not weapon, yeah? No, that was the weapon that that thing chased us in, in the, our nightmare. In the nightmare. Right? Exactly. Over the course of a full day of rest, it's finally an opportunity for our companions to recover some of the sanity damage that they've taken. Now, after a full day, you reduce the sanity damage you've taken by an amount equal to your charisma modifier. (laughs) Robert's making a face. The good news is minimum one. (laughs) So you'll just get one back. (laughs) But the other thing that we can say we engaged in, since it was a long day that we kind of sped through at the end there, is that somebody can provide some counseling over the course of that day. Anybody with a good wisdom or intelligence score can make a check to sit down with Grip and talk it out a bit and attempt to add their wisdom or intelligence modifier to the amount that he heals. We'll we'll definitely try that. I've got a lot on my mind. (laughs) And they did the psychometry on the badge, so um, Dora can sort of use that as a catalyst to talk through. That's not who we necessarily are, just because this is, you know, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. (laughs) Skull did also say, you know, you're a killer, but you're our killer. It's true. Natural 20. Oh, excellent. So what, uh, which is your highest modifier? Plus four, intelligence. Excellent. So. Is he still afraid of sharp things? He is still afraid of sharp things. I just don't understand this. He's down to one point of sanity damage, though, which is great. pretty good. Uh, Dora, what is your charisma modifier? Two. Great. So you're also down to one point of sanity damage left. And Gulliver and Ray are both cured of all sanity damage because they both each only have one point. Same. And going down to zero sanity damage, that does not remove the madness. Remind me what removes the madness? GM discretion. Uh, (laughs) 50 slipped inside of a... (laughs) Get this. It's even worse than you could possibly imagine. Oh no! 
Recovering from a madness without magical aid is a lengthy process requiring significant rest. Basically, for seven full days, you have to take no sanity damage in your case. Mm-hmm. Unlikely. And then make a will save, and if you succeed, the madness is cured. But if at any point in a seven-day stretch you take any more sanity damage, that clock resets. Now, there are, are certain spells that can assist with this. Lesser restoration will reduce the DC to recover from the madness, and then some higher level spells can outright repair them or remove them. But So it's seven days before you even get the chance to make the will save. Yes. And probably like, what, a DC 10 will save? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But in your case, once your sanity damage gets down to zero, then your madness becomes what's called dormant which basically means you suffer a less severe set of penalties than you currently are. Okay. And once you get to that point, we'll talk through what that is. All right, so we wake up this next morning in Briarstone Asylum, and Ray has taken some more damage. I assume there's going to be some healing involved there. Uh, I'm also sickened and fatigued from last episode, so this is going to affect my ability to go out adventuring quite a bit. But I'll, I'm, I'm game. Under the rules that we're currently using, you are minimum two days away from removing those conditions. Minimum. Okay. And that's if we did nothing other than rest. Exactly. And he's succeeded at both saves in a row. Uh, channeling positive energy, I heal back up to normal. And did anybody else have any lingering? No. Great. No. Excellent. So obviously there are spells like remove disease that should you find the means to cast or obtain those, those would also get rid of these. But that's the state that we're in. So I know. So Grip is wrestling with some uh, mental issues and some phobias, and Ray is lousy with filth fever. And here the party begins its new day. Where do you want to head? Well, where are the doppelgangers? Well, you got a couple <laughs> options. So basically, in this long hallway that you've been exploring in this particular wing of the asylum, there's two doors through which you have not yet passed. One directly across the hall from the boiler room, which the people behind the barricade had some opinions about. And then the other door is in the room where the corpse exploded. That famous Hamilton What about, is this, is this anything we should, this door to the south? Just to the south of the boiler room, is that anything that we can access? The door very close to the barricade, they indicated to stay away from that. Okay. So right now our maiden choice is to go north back towards where we fought the... The, the haunt. The haunt and the shape changer. Sure, or else there is that door right across the hall. No, well, because you want us to go there. Why don't we go? Why don't we go to that other area and at least check stuff out? Yeah, let's yeah. do searching to the haunt room. Yes. Yes. And didn't we say there's there's still things to search here? Some lockers to search. There's or some lockers in that room where you fought the shapeshifter that uh, have not yet been explored. On yeah. the way, we should check let's and see, see if there's yeah. supplies. So, what is our light situation now? Uh, we have the crystal, and, and you have. I can light. cast light. Okay. Which would you like to use? Might as well use both. Okay. Would you like me to cast light on your torch-like thing? Uh, yes, that would be great. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Ching! Ten minutes per level. What's our marching order? Thanks. I'll go in front. Well, then can we put... Gaul, can you go behind with your light source? Oh, I'm sorry. You have dark vision, right? Correct. Uh, grip, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I'll follow grip. Do you want to be behind? Well, I mean, you're the squishiest, so you should be in the middle. Yeah, so I'll be third. And I will valiantly be in the rear. <laughs> As you head back out into the long, white-painted stone hallway, the, the scent of 
too, too sweet cake oh. is gone, oh. is the good news. <laughs> you still see tendrils of yellow fog poking like fingers through the cracks, but you also hear a distant like sounds like raindrops, but really thick, heavy raindrops. And in patches where the holes in the ceiling are large enough to allow it, you see what looks like droplets of blood, essentially. Some dark red liquid is raining through the ceiling, splatting on the ground, staining the floor red. And then as you're taking that in, you hear a distant crack of thunder. And as the sound of the thunder is receding, it sounds like laughter. Can we make a perception check to tell how far away that might be? Like yeah, general sure. direction, Great. anything? Mm -hmm. Natural 20 for a total of 26. Great. So as you hear, hear that first crack of thunder, your immediate sense is like, oh, that, that storm is probably miles and miles away. And then there's another explosion of thunder that sounds like it's happening right overhead above wherever you are and as that thunder echoes you hear it saying and then there's another crack of thunder and it sounds like it's even further away than the first one was so even just a couple of moments of listening to this you're like that thunder is not following any rules of reality that I'm aware of got it Dora reaches out and puts a hand on Ray's shoulder. I'm trembling. Ray is trembling. He's hearing his name in the thunder. The thunder that's raining red Blood. liquid. Yeah. And it's not just you that's hearing it. We're all, hearing, all hearing it. it. That's a good thing. <laughs> is it? Is it good? It's good that we're all hearing it and not it? just him. You can see. You yeah, can see back so. at the barricade. It's the sort of middle-aged woman and the young boy again. Not young boy. He's a young man in his 20s. Uh, they're both stationed there. And as you have that little pause of, what the fuck am I hearing? You know, just a little little look back and you kind of get a nod of, yeah, shit's pretty fucked up. <laughs> uh, from both of them, they both seem to recognize and sympathize with your feeling of- I was gonna say, is that a, like a mark of empathy that we it see is, there? A it bit? is, it okay. is. Now you are, you are shaken, you're, you're saying you have heard your name, but you, you said that wasn't your name. Well, I go by Ray. Braden is my name. Oh. I don't know how I know that, but I know. You want to check out the uh, place where the red drops are falling? And that, in relation to where we are <laughs> As here, we that's... As we avoid being hit by them, yeah. Sure. They're just, there's, they're intermittently down in the hall. In this hall, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there a place where I could catch some in a vial? Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, I, yeah. I, will, I will catch some in a vial for checking out later. Give me a give me a craft alchemy check. But do it with your tongue. <laughs> I will use not my tongue. I will use Dora's tongue to catch it and then pour it into the vial. Use the doppelganger for a total tongue. of twenty-one. Great, you are almost immediately certain that it is red paint. It's paint, it's red paint. It doesn't take much more than a sniff on your part to recognize oh the chemicals in this. It's not it's not blood. It's not organic. It's, it's not blood. It's paint. It's paint. So there's someone's toying with us. Yeah. Or there's like somebody spilled a lot of paint up there. That is, that's actually comforting for me. Like I feel like that, then if someone is fucking with us, then we need to fuck with somebody else. Right? I'm well, down with well, that. The people that are <laughs> fucking with us is who we need to fuck with. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. 
It's just mean if we go fuck with someone completely different that's not fucking with us. Then we're just bullies. Uh, Trying to not be a bully. Gulliver actually turns to the uh, to the two people back at the barricade and, and in Verisian yells, It's just paint. You get a, a nod. It's not blood, just paint. From the woman. And she whispers a, a quiet, thank you. Heading down the hallway, you reach the site of everybody's massacre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so remember there are multiple doppelganger corpses with strips of flesh removed, multiple humans with strips of flesh removed, strips of flesh arrayed in neat lines, human flesh, doppelganger flesh. Do we need to roll a sanity check for actually having seen this, like the flayed corpses and stuff? No, at this point you've encountered enough horrors in this particular realm of experience to to have steeled yourself against needing to make a check like that. I, I say we take the other corpse and put them back there with the other ones. They are, these ones are clearly days and days old. Yeah. Cross you're dragging down the hall. Absolutely. Great. And then we wanted to make a perception check to search yeah, that area. Yeah, I'll, I'll search the lockers. Great. Mm, I'll search too. Who's dragging? Who's searching? I'll drag. Searching's not really <laughs> my thing. 15. Great. Yeah, I'm not good for any, like, skill checks or anything like that for the time being. You are good at the one thing we really, really, really need to be good at. I'm just a bag of healing. (laughs) So you uncover in the lockers a wooden holy symbol of Phrasma, which is the the spiral of the Lady of Graves, a small steel mirror, if that's of interest to anybody, and a pair of gaudy pink leather boots with catskin lining, worth, strangely, 20 gold pieces. They're apparently extremely well-made um, boots. Dora will close her eyes and hold her hand out in an attempt to determine if these boots have any psychic significance. You would feel the warmth and the tug from the symbol of Phrasma, but not from the boots. So they're, they're just boots. They're just boots. Somebody A praise trip. Who do the boots fit? <laughs> you all want to try mine? Absolutely. We can, we've been walking around barefoot. Before, before yeah. we do that, I want to detect uh, magic. Great. You scan through the room, opening yourself up to magical auras, and nothing in this particular room is resonating with magical auras. Okay. So the boots, they are women's boots. They would probably, they would fit Dora, I'd imagine. They might fit Gull, because he's very slender. He's very slender. Small to wear them. Take them. That's all right. Yeah, of course. They would clash with your red leather. I actually take the steel mirror and use it to like look at myself mm-hmm. because I haven't seen myself. And this is the first time that I see these tattoos on my face. Yeah. Mm. What the fuck? Are you all right? Yeah. He's kind of like checking himself out and seeing like what they, what they look like and sort of how far, and they, they cover like the whole side of his face. The majority of his cheek and up like maybe to eye height and down to maybe mouth level. Both sides or one side? One side. And is it in a specific shape? It's, is in it? a, it's a spiral out of equilateral triangles. And tiny, where does tiny, the tiny, spiral tiny, tiny. start? Like right in the center of your cheek. That is crazy. It is amazingly well done. Probably hurt like a son of a bitch. Probably did. I pocket the mirror. Great. Do we uh, want to do the same sort of thing over... Check out the other side of the room there. Over here. So moving up 
through the rubble towards the small 10 by 15 foot room where the corpse exploded. I don't ever want to be the first person into a room or the second. Yeah, you should always be like the last. So I just put an X, a very light X on the map where the corpse exploded. Oh, that's not where you want it to be. <laughs> no. But there we go. That's I assume, better. I assume we're keeping a distance from the corpse? I, yeah. Well, I, you know, I warn you, those uh, entrails can really... Tie you up? Oh. There, you there we go. So it looks like we've got Grip moving up to the door. We've got this one door ten feet away from the door you first entered this chamber, and it's closed to wooden door. You want to give a listen at it? Oh, actually... Gulliver says, hold on a second. I need to do something. Because he hasn't actually like made any extracts yet. Oh, great. So he is going to take a couple minutes mm-hmm. to make some extracts. I'm going to make shield, and I'm going to make uh, another one that I haven't used yet, but I'm going to write it down so okay. that when it's... So you can surprise so, us with it? Yeah, so I can surprise you with it. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. I'm not taking any of them yet, but... Uh, they are prepared. But they are prepared. And just for... Edification. An extract compares to a potion. How? An extract is is a standard action to like. Actually, let me read it so that I can get it correct and stuff. Do they only work on you? They only work on me. Yeah, they don't work on anybody else. That's the big thing. There is there is a uh, talent that I can take where they work on other people, but it's a it's a giant pain in the butt. When an investigator mixes an extract, he infuses the chemicals and reagents in the extract with magic siphoned from his own magical aura. An extract immediately becomes earned if it leaves the investigator's possession, then reactivates as soon as it returns to his keeping. An extract, once created, remains potent for one day before losing its magic, so an investigator must prepare his extracts new every day. Mixing an extract takes one minute of work. So use it or lose it. Yeah. Yeah. So after you prepare your extracts, you want to give a little listen at that door? Yes. Yeah, give me a perception check. I think the three of you in that room, so Dora is hanging way back at the moment. The three of you in that room can go ahead and roll a perception check. Perception for traps first. Okay. 14. Okay, the door does not seem trapped. All right. Then perception. Robert, Paul. Uh, Eight. Um, I'm, yeah. Great. 20. Okay, so you hear a couple of things. You hear what sounds like ravenous slurping and chewing fairly close to the door, like maybe 15, 20 feet away, like there's a, a growl component to it. And then with that check, I think you would hear the distant sound of a woman saying, eat it, go on, eat it, eat it, eat it. And that voice sounds like maybe it's a hundred feet away, but your, uh, your ears pick it up. I'm gonna motion to everyone to like move back away from the door. <laughs> Great. And then I'm gonna relay that information that I hear. I heard something making a thumb sort of like eating, slurping sound. And then I heard some lady telling something to like eat it. But the lady sounded like she was really far away, and she had that same sort of like a crusty accent that like all the doctors have had so far. So perhaps another shape change, yeah. Maybe. I think that we should be. Uh, Paired if we go in there. All right. So if you need to do something, <laughs> you should do it now. Yeah. I'm as prepped as I'm gonna get. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and down my two extracts right <laughs> before we go in that door. Do we see any visible effect from the mystery extract? Well, from the shield, what you see is like I'm sure there's still like 
bits of dust and stuff in the air and then every now and then when one sort of gets too close to them, it kind of goes sparks as if it's like a little and then it and then it real it's like not harmful and then it continues sort of drift down kind of thing cool. but, but like when it's coming out sparks around him and then he drinks the second one and his arms just kind of start to like almost look like they're dislocating and kind of like they just almost start to slump down to the ground so that what was regular looking arms now almost look like ape arms that are dragging on the ground kind of thing. Oh, like maybe you have reach now. Like I have reach now from long arm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. And so I imagine with this, uh, with this arm, this like sort of pulled together armor that it's like now essentially like from his forearm out is where normally the wrist of this armor was. Great. Uh, Ray is going to take out a piece of parchment and like he suddenly realizes how silly. It's not about throwing this paper away. (laughs) He holds the paper to his chest Uh. and it it starts to glow the silvery kind of glow and it emanates off of him just a just a little bit just Uh like um half a width of his body away this this little shield sort of essence around him and he puts a hand on grip as whatever happens in there resist it and you get a plus one resistance bonus on saves for one minute uh thank you dora inspired We'll reach a hand out to you and say, you too. <laughs> Take this, buddy. Take this. Oh, and you, Gulliver. When you touch Gulliver, he flinches. She backs off respectfully. All right, so we've got eating and a command to eat behind a closed door. What do we do next? You want to sneak in or shall I just kick the fucking door in? Normally I'm for Thuddle, but... <laughs> All right, then... Agree. We're gonna they kick down kick that down door. That shitter down <laughs> that shitter door. <laughs> Excellent. Let me reveal more of the map here. Reveal it. So, grip. You kick down the door, and you find yourself in the north end of a long rectangular room. It's maybe 50 or 60 feet long, and only about 20 feet wide. It looks to be as though uh, the space were once a sizable laundry room. Much of the north end of the room is filled with rubble, but you can see a wall of pipe-like crossbeams filling a narrow alcove about halfway down the length of the room on the opposite wall from which you entered. And there are three figures manacled by the wrists to beams over their heads. On the south, the furthest one away from you, there is a, a young man, maybe in his mid-twenties, He's human. All he's wearing is what looks like a bed sheet that has been painted or stained bright yellow. And he has what looks to be an image of a flame drawn on his forehead in white chalk. So he's dangling from his wrists from a crossbeam near the ceiling. He can't move forward or back, but he can slide sort of north or south inside this alcove. The second figure, manacled to the crossbeams is the corpse of a human woman, probably in her 20s as well. She's missing her entire left arm, clearly dead. The one on the north, closest to you, is a corpse, but it is moving. It is clearly some sort of undead creature. It is, it's got wasted, pale, grayish flesh stretched tight over jutting out bones. The face has transformed 
into something almost dog-like. It's got huge canines and kind of an upthrust pug nose. And in place of eyes, there's just two throbbing, burning red lights. This creature is also manacled to the crossbeams and has a big chunk of flesh in its mouth that it's noisily eating. So as you kick down the door, all three of those figures, well, the the two of those figures stop what they're doing. One will never do anything again. And as you look past them, there is a door on the south end of the room that is open. Beyond that, you can see what looks to be more of this laundry room. You can kind of see at the edge of your dark vision what looks like a gigantic wash basin, maybe 10 feet wide, almost 10 feet tall, and a whole bunch of tables covered in linens and bed sheets and gowns and also corpses. You see humans and doppelgangers. All of them are are missing chunks of flesh. And then there is a pale blue sheet hung from little pricks on the ceiling, which seems to be dividing that room in half. On the other side of that sheet, there is the warm glow of of what you would assume to be a lantern, kind of casting shadows on this sheet that's blocking your view of the back half of that room. And behind that sheet, you are hearing some of that, eat it, eat it, going on, which immediately stops after you kick through that door and, and head into the room, and then everything goes very still on that side of the sheet. What do you do? They've all looked at me? Yes. <laughs> well, the two yeah, I, I, Yes, the, 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 the ones that are, are lookable. I'm trying to say, well, there's, there's something going the fuck on in here, that's for sure. And I'm going to take uh, like two steps in that way and assume that someone will be coming behind me. As you move closer in, the man on the south, the man who's alive, looks at you with just desperate eyes and says, I, I, Words fail. Is anybody following in behind? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Gull totally like follows right in and sees what's going on, and he's going to go past the creepy thing eating the part of the woman and run to the man. So the creature eating the bits of arm flesh continues to chew noisily sort of staring at you with a moderate level of interest, not any particular concern. He's more interested in eating his uh, remains of this arm. So Gulliver approaches the man in the yellow sheet with the chalk mark on his head. And as you do that, you're only about 30. I don't have to be right next to him. Sure, but when when you're sort of getting there, you can see through the open doorway Mm -hmm. on that sheet, which is about 30 feet away from you, you see the shape of a tall humanoid holding a knife because the back lip is like a lantern obviously Mm. further south than this figure moving up close to the sheet and getting into position apparently not realizing the shadow that he's casting on this sheet wow oh i'm gonna motion to the guy of like hold on one second and i'm gonna move to the sheet okay the guy says praise You start heading to the sheet. Anybody following behind Gulliver? Yes. And I'm going to take my full, however far I can move, kind of thing. Sure. Is that the sheet or is Dora's that? Dora's going to step up just behind. So you're going Ray. all the way to the yep. sheet. I'm going uh, however far I can go. Wow. 
but I'm going to keep myself five feet back since I've got the long arms. And are you attempting to move up there stealthily, or are you just moving in? Um, I will attempt to move stealthily. Sure. 12 plus 9, 21, and I'm going to use a point of inspiration in this moment to attempt to be even quieter. As I see that shadow, it makes me think of the creepy creeper that tried to slash us with the war razor. Mm. And in this moment, I'm like, I want to get the jump on this yeah. this thing for an another three. So that's a uh, 24. You've managed to apparently get the jump on this dude who you can see getting into position. And he, he doesn't, the, the shadow on the sheet doesn't respond in any way like someone's approaching me. He just seems to be like setting himself to stab when someone walks through the sheet. The sheet's split in the middle. Which side is the person on? Like, sure, let me put, a, let me where put that... a figure on the map here. So he's right there, basically where you have landed. You're 10 feet away from him with just a sheet separating you and him. Excellent. Anybody else moving? Oh, so we've got great. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move to just inside that. Door. Okay, so you're moving into the second half of the laundry room. Ray and Dora, you want to follow? I will follow Ray. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move into here. But I'd like to move along the wall as much as possible away from the wall with the manacled. So you're hugging the rubble on yes. the opposite wall from all the manacled beings yeah. and creatures. You've, you've landed there, Gulliver, you're about 10 feet away and you've got incredibly long arms. What do you want yep. to do? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try to stab it right through the sheet. Excellent, give me an attack roll. <laughs> Hit! Hit! Natural 12 for a total of 15. Excellent, so the rapier jabs out, goes right through the sheet, and you almost feel yourself stumble forward as it connects with nothing, and the sheet seemed to have been barely held up. So the sheet comes down, and you see the rest of the room. (gasps) Oh yeah, that lantern's like probably 30 feet away. So you see the second half of the room, or maybe actually the second two thirds of the room, and it appears to be more of the same. There's a total of three of these giant wash tubs, several massive tables. The table furthest away from you is covered in two corpses that are currently splayed open with surgical tools, like actual doctor's tools. There is a full-length mirror, a six-foot-tall mirror in the back corner next to a lantern shedding light. In the furthest wash basin, again, remember, it's giants, 10 feet wide, 10 feet tall, you can hear something sort of knocking around, going inside the wash basin, but there is nobody in this room. Perception check. Yep. 15 plus 6 for 21. <laughs> One of the human corpses, a woman in a doctor's coat on the table closest to you, there's two tables on this half of the room, is breathing. Nice. Remaining very motionless, attempting to appear dead, but you can tell that she's breathing. She's got her right hand kind of tucked under her, and you know, her head is lulled to the side, she's got her tongue hanging out, but she's, she has not managed to fool you. And with my long arms, can I get to her from where I'm at, or do I have to move closer, since she's about laying down? 15 feet away, I think you'd take another step forward. I will take another step forward. So basically on the north end of this long table and she's on the other end of this long table but your arms are not long enough to reach her Mm -hmm. and since she's immobile laying down i'm assuming eyes closed can i attempt to coup de gras her she's not helpless but she can't see 
I mean, how is she going to die? She doesn't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. She can't... Like, I can totally take my time and be like... <laughs> silently raise my rapier up and then jam it right into... Like, yeah, I love it. So I'm going to give her the opportunity to detect what you're doing by means of perception. To listen, so she... Stealth she, versus perception? Yeah, I love it. All right. 25. Okay. So I rolled a 12. She's got a plus 11 perception. <laughs> Bam. So she seems to be thinking. She can get the drop on you, and she seems to be gauging the reach of a normal person, yes. which is five feet away. <laughs> right. So she's clearly biding the seconds to probably lash out the instant you get adjacent to her. But the blow comes... Before you get adjacent, let me go look at the cardiovascular. Nice. <laughs> Doors in there with the guy with the flame on his forehead, like, hey. <laughs> What's so, up with the gibbering creature eating the. Yeah, could we have words, made any words, kind of knowledge words, check words, on that words. gibbering creature? Maybe not. I've got my eye on that undead freak face. You think it's undead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> So a coup de grace is a tempted killing blow against someone who is bound, sleeping, paralyzed, unconscious, or otherwise at your mercy. Now, this is a kind of unusual situation. She would have to be helpless. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to... She is aware that there's somebody there. Yep. So I'm. she's going to have her armor class when you make this attack. That's fair. Great. Make an attack roll. If you hit, it is an automatic critical hit. And then if she survives the damage, she has to make a fortitude save or die. Wow. What's the fort save against? I think my damage. DC 10 plus the damage dealt. All right, come on, dice gods. 10 plus 3 for 13, and I'm going to burn two more points of inspiration in this moment to try to literally <laughs> get it. And that's all my points of inspiration for the day. <laughs> for an additional two for a total of 15. That's what I got. Okay. So... Not quite enough. You're feeling so good about this blow. You bring that rapier up, you thrust down, and with supernatural speed, she just shimmies like an inch or so to the side, which causes your rapier to kind of like, like ping Twin. off of flesh that is unnaturally hard and not actually human thickness. Yep. And that, but that was super awesome. Let's roll initiative. <laughs> We're in combat. <laughs> <laughs> Dora. 15. Ray. With the minus one from fatigued, <laughs> I am a 12. Grip. 12. Gulliver. <laughs> 13. So as we start this combat, Gulliver, you see her, her face twist and morph. Good. And she had been looking human and she sort of relaxes all pretense and her face goes kind of smooth and white and alien and this long purple tongue forks out and she's got oh. a doctor's coat on it says Dr. Oath's Day and there's a great picture here of her. Oh my oh god, nice. that's horrifying. <laughs> and I've got the actual pawn for her there. That's so what's, creepy looking. What's her name again? Oath Day? Oath's Day. O-A-T-H. Like Sunday. S-D-A-Y. That is so creepy. And she does indeed have a large knife 
and as she sort of starts to engage oh, in no. combat, you see the blade start to glow <gasps> pale red. Dora, you're first, round one. Dora, um, who is um, 50 so, feet away in yeah, the other room. I'd like to move just into the room, so I'm in a comparable position as Grit, but on the other side of the door. No one, she's not in combat with anybody, yeah? Correct. So she's, so I can cast so a ranged spell penalty. against her and yes. I'm going to take God. a penalty. Yes. I'm gonna. <laughs> a new one. Dora summons to mind the image of a powerful man on his knees with long hair flowing behind him. And a hand gathers the hair in a grip and a huge pair of shears in the other hand slice it off. Oh, nice. And a ray, uh, and, and, and the emotion that comes with this is, is lust. She's just sitting, she's, she's flushed and excited and sh- this ray of green light comes barreling out of her hand that's really as disturbing. she casts a ray of enfeeblement <gasps> on the nice. So that's a touch so attack, it's a ranged right? touch. So she will get the benefit of any of her natural armor bonus, which is what kind of saved her from that rapier blow. 17. That is a touch. And so, does she get a save? She gets a fortitude save for half. Natural 20. That's a good talk. Um, <laughs> she still, I rolled a six, so nice. she still takes three strength damage. Excellent. That's wow. awesome. That's great. That's enough to like maybe make her not hit somebody. Maybe. Amazing. So Dora moves into this second chamber and takes a position flanking the doorway opposite Grip, sh- blasts out a ray of enfeeblement and weakens Dr. Oathstake. And it is now Gulliver's turn, standing 10 feet away, but still within reach. Oh, Gulliver is going to try to stab her again. Excellent. He uh, he pulls his rapier back, and this time eyeing her and realizing his mistake from last time that he was a little too soft, thinking that the skin was like human skin. Uh-huh. He's like, now I'm prepared to stab right through your rhino hide. Do it. <laughs> he thrusts for... Uh, the same thing, a 15. Aren't you ashamed? Still doesn't, oh, that's yeah, true. I would be ashamed. I am ashamed, and so uh, I'm gonna use my, one of my last two shame points <laughs> in an attempt to overcome shame points. the absolute absurdity of missing the first time for a 17. And she dodges out of the way, oh, despite your shame. Biscuit. Did you wanna take a move at all? Well, I can't move by her without provoking, I'm sure. Yeah, there's very little I, space between the table she is on and the nearby wash basin. I will take a five-foot step between the basins. Yeah. Oh, so ducking mm-hmm. back against the wall, getting your back against yep. the wall, surrounded and, by basins on both sides. Yep. Fantastic. Grip, you're next. Grip, he sees how, how lithe she is and... He uh, really doesn't want... I gotta make a saving throw, don't I? Got that bladed oh, weapon. she oh. has a bladed weapon. You have oh, resistance, though, from... Yes, I do get a, I get a, I get a plus one on Probably this. Probably just barely... All right, give me a will save. Well, that didn't go very well at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> including my plus one bonus, I got a five. Oh, oh that wow. is not enough. So you are indeed shaken. The next round, you have the choice of either attempting another saving throw to end the effect, but if you fail, you become frightened and must run away. 
That'll be your option next round. But for the moment, you can act. You are just, uh, you're quaking in your boots because the sight of that glowing, magical blade is, uh, is, uh, is... It's terrifying. It's is it everybody, am I wrong? Is it just me? I'm terrified now that I've taken my best shot several times and missed. Um, I'm more afraid of teeth. Well, then, so knowing that that fucking thing is fucking scary, I want there to be some way to get a little bit more protection. And the eyes roll back into his head and his face goes slack and cracks his neck. And all of a sudden, he has now taken the shield focus feat, which gives him an extra plus one on his armor class when using a shield. Nice. Nice. Fantastic. And then he will, he's, he's too scared of that blade, so he's just gonna move to this corner. <gasps> so Grip is oh. staying still about 30 feet away from her, oh. leaving Gulliver As the uh, sole target. I failed that save miserably. No, it's totally, <laughs> totally fair. Next up is Ray. Ray is still in the other room near the chained man who's alive and watching what's happening down in the next chamber as Gulliver is alone facing off with this horrifying <laughs> doppelganger doctor. What do you do? Is the um, the creature who's snacking on the dead person paying any attention to what's going on or is still just like... Staring at you with glowing red eyes, chewing. So, so far not seeming to be threatening. No, and uh, totally chained. Seems like it, it couldn't go after you if it wanted to. Yeah. Like and I'm sure chains. appearances are exactly as they seem. Right. Can I hold? I just don't know what to do. So you are the last person in the round before she acts. Okay. There is not much I can do. There's an undead creature right So there. I think... And you're saying that because you're fatigued and sickened, you mean? Yes. You can um, stand in front of this squishy caster with, with your, your massive armor, armor class. class. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Thank you for the suggestion. Yeah. All right, so taking up a protective position right in front of Dora. And we hit the end of the round, and Dr. Oatsday is up. Mm. Bet she's an asshole. So she's laying down. Okay, so she's laying on this table. She's gotta take a move action to swing around to the other side of the table, which is gonna provoke an attack of opportunity from Gulliver as she does so. She's trying to put this massive table between her and the rest of the group, and she's willing to risk an attack because Gulliver has seemed so ineffective thus far. <laughs> and she is not so even times. remotely that's scared. Fair. Oh, that's no. fair. All right, gonna try again. Stabby McStab Stab. Oh no, natural one. I'm oh. so feeling how awful I'm doing that I'm in my own head now. You're beyond oh. ashamed. So what she then next does might provide some reason for what just happened here. As she flips her legs off the table and gets on the other side with her back against the wall, the table between you, the rest of you, not Gulliver, see her stare at Gulliver, open her eyes, her pupilless alien eyes wide, and you all see Gulliver go blank in the face for a moment. Something leaves him. Gulliver, you are completely unaware that this has happened, but the rest of you are aware that she just did something to him, and she chuckles at her long, forked purple tongue, kind of tastes the air, and she stares at Gulliver with a little smirk of mischievousness, and then she's now out of your reach entirely when she moved, right? Yep. Then she backs up 15 feet, and she's smiling. She has done something to Gulliver. Gulliver is completely unaware of it, and I'm imagining now that the moment that she 
and release that stare at him is probably when Gulliver was going Lunging. to attack and he just went blank for a minute. Like he just lost a second of lost his time. So she has used her turn this round to get herself out of Gulliver's reach and to do something to Gulliver. We don't know what it is. We move on to round two, which starts with Dora. Is there a check to be made on whatever just happened between them? And if so, is it an action? Knowledge Arcana would be allowed, and it would not be an action. Uh, she's ashamed of that role. Not a role play at this point. Uh, it's 21. So you suspect that this doppelganger doctor is a mesmerist, Uh-oh. and she just triggered the hypnotic stare on Gulliver, which is going to give him a flat minus two penalty on all will saves. She has the option of making that person aware or not at all aware that it's happened to them. And mesmerists have the ability called painful stare, where if they do damage to somebody under the effect of this stare, it's almost like a rogue sneak attack. And they can also trigger it if they have allies making attacks, but in this case, she doesn't. So you know, she just made it both easier to harm Gulliver's mind and easier to damage him. Oh, that's rough. Interesting. So I had planned to do something that required a will save, but maybe I won't do that now. <laughs> I ne- at any rate, I need to get up to within 25 feet of her, but only within 25 feet of her. And you're about 40 feet away now behind Ray. To get up to about 25 feet will so put you kind of- me to the curtain line. Moving to the north end of the table that she'd previously been lying on. Yeah, and she- Blast another ray at her. Another ray of infielment? Yes. Excellent. Give me a range touch attack. I don't suppose a five. A five total? Yeah. No, she dodges that. Damn it. As a free action, I drop porn behind that table. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Smart. So Dora recognizes what's going on, trying to get up close enough to do something to, to take down... Dr. Dr. Oathstay's strength reaches the edge of that table, blasts away, it goes flying off in the opposite direction, and she's bucket drops <laughs> behind the table, making sure she's got full cover. Next is Gulliver. Oh man, Gulliver is feeling how crappy he's doing, but he wants to try to do better, but he's also getting very scared because nothing is working. He is going to move to the opposite corner of the other table where I am have the table between us and I'm going to attack again, but this time I'm going to fight defensively. Great, so Gulliver scoots down further into the room, basically putting the next large table in this room between him and Dr. Oathstay. And he's got that nice 10 foot reach and he's taking advantage of that as he lashes out with his rapier. And maybe this time something will happen. Literally, he's like cursing to himself, mother, that- for a 19. Yeah. Which is actually a critical threat with a rapier. Ooh. Ooh. So what's your total on the attack roll there? Uh, that is a 22. That is a hit and a critical threat. Now make another attack roll, and if this one succeeds, it's a critical hit. All right, we'll see what happens. Oh, come on, dice gods. Oh. Natural, too. Oh, well, so it's still no, a hit. It's still, still a, hit. a hit. Still a hit. The first blow you've landed. That's true. Let's see if I can do more than grace. This, this miserable, this miserable, of a fight. awful, 
can't hit anything for four points of damage. Oh, hit. nice. Hit. Not a graze. Hey, for Yay. I can max at six, <laughs> so I'll take it. So you stab her in the in the right shoulder, up upper, upper arm, and her little purple forked tongue like licks up some of the blood, smears it. She uses her tongue to smear the blood on her face. She's loving it. So Gulliver moved in close, took up a semi-defensive position behind the table, lashed out with his rapier, landed a hit. And I should tell, I should say what fighting defensively is too, since oh yeah, yeah. you take a before. minus four penalty on all of your attacks to gain a plus two dodge bonus to your armor class until the start of your next turn. But wait a minute, so that would mean that my 19 so. was actually a 15 plus three and 18 total. Does that hit? It does. Okay. Grip, you're up. You got you gotta you gotta go with what you know. I'm looking at this map and there's um, a long, clear it's a long <laughs> straight line between me and her, so I'm gonna charge. Yes, you are. So that gives me a I get a plus two bonus on the I can move up to double my speed to close that straight line distance. Get a plus two bonus on my attack roll. I do take a minus two penalty to my AC till the start of my next turn. That'll wash to a minus one because of the the feat that I took. Nice. And then I will attack with my fist. That's a 20, 21. Oh, that's a hit. Nice. What's your crit range on your unarmed strike? Is Just, it 20. Just 20. There's no bonus to damage for no, a charge, right? No. Ugh, uh, four points of damage. Natural one on the die. That was a, what was that, about a 40 foot charge? This <laughs> lashes out, smashes right into her face. A little bit of blood goes flying out of the slit where her nose semi is, and it's raised her. Did she love getting that damage? She loved it. <laughs> Why are they all into that? She's so creepy. <laughs> they all worship that. What's that god? The god of pain? Zan, Zan. Kuthan. Do we know that for sure? I'm, I'm speculating. <laughs> Knowledge religion. Uh, meanwhile, uh, hmm, I guess I'm going to keep making myself a shield for Dora and... I mean, I have a table. You do. While you suss that out, should I have... Was I supposed to make another saving throw? Oh. O- only if you Your want choice. to. You can either stay shaken, or you can... Right, but then it gets worse if I failed it, Yes. Right? You'd have to run Carry away. on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving further into the room. That's the end of my turn. Great, so Ray moves up takes up a, another defensive position in front of the area that door is in, providing a, a wall of chainmail should anything go awry. And our pal, our good pal, our friend, <laughs> Dr. Oath stays up. If friends are trying to stab you with a knife, they're not really your friends. She's like, will I stay here or will I take a five-foot step and be flanked by these two guys? She's she she wants to be flanked. She loves pain so much. Why should she just walk into it? So she stares at you, grip with some glee, and you see her start to dance and weave. She tosses her dagger from hand to hand, and she makes a feint in one direction as a move action, and let's see if she makes you flat-footed. So the DC of feinting in combat is 10 plus your base attack bonus plus your wisdom modifier. Uh, I do have a, a base attack bonus of one. Okay, so it's a DC 11, and she gets a 27. So <gasps> you are flat-footed oh now God. against her next attack, and what does uh, flat-footed mean? I lose my dex bonus to armor class. Oh, okay. The dagger 
lashes out after the cunning feint to your left side, attacks at your right, hitting armor class 20. It would be a little higher if she weren't already enfeebled. Yes, that's it. All right. She's not enfeebled anymore. That's, well, that was quick. It was two two rounds, wasn't it? It was one round. Oh. Oh. Only thought... first level. Oh, right. Thank you for the reminder. So this will be more damage. Sorry. Seven points of damage. Very cunning feint. Very cunning blow. She drives that dagger like right through a slit in your amazing stud leather armor. Finds just a little chink. Slides that blade in. And that's the end of round two. So she's sort of trapped down in the southern corner of this room. She, she's got Grip right next to her and Gulliver 10 feet away, still within reach, and Dora and Ray are about 30 feet away, uh, huddled around another table for, for safety. Round three starts with Dora. Dora stands up and rids the image from her mind, emptying her mind so that she can fill it just with cruelty. And she tilts her head at the Dr. Oath's day and she should make a will save as her Will probes into the deepest recesses of Dr. Oldstay's mind. And are you close enough to cast this on her? I think so. If I was close enough to cast Raven Feebleman, it's right. the same range. 16. Just make it. So you only take two damage, but I'm going to do something new. Oh. I am going to detect her surface thoughts. How do you do that? Well, technically, if I spend a point of my phrenic pool, uh-huh. I have a, an ability where if I damage someone with a spell, I can link to their mind momentarily. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up to see if there's a save or anything, but I don't think there is. I okay. think I just have to damage it. But Dora is piling all that cruelty into that probe, into her mind, and when it gets there, it doesn't do all the damage that she wants it to do, but it still lights her up for a moment so she can read plainly the thoughts that are mm. bubbling over the surface of mm. this creature's brain. And that, guys, is everything I can do. Wow, I've seen great. it all. That's great. Yeah, since I hit her, it automatically works. Fantastic. As in the third round of Detect Thoughts. So Detect Thoughts is not normally a spell one uses in combat. It's so you only get a brief flash, like a six second version of what she's thinking. You pick up an intense combination of feelings. Annoyance that her experiment with the priest was interrupted, but delight that there are new bodies to experiment on. Can I tell if the priest, can I confirm that you, the priest you, is the guy hanging from the manacles, babbling with the flame on his forehead, the priest no, of Saren Ray. You get an image of a man in purple robes standing inside the southern wash basin. Oh, oh shit. Dora's head just goes <gasps> toward the southern wash basin. <laughs> That's probably all she has time for. Which is for. right behind Gulliver's back at this point. Gulliver, you're up. Gulliver is going to take a move action to move around the table so that he is now flanking. Oh, great. Still 10 feet back. Puts himself on the south side of her with grip directly north of her. And uh, is going to attempt to attack again this time with the benefit of flanking so that that will hopefully allow his feeble, feeble grazing attempts to perhaps injure Dr. Oste. So flanking is a plus two bonus to your attack roll. Are you still fighting defensively? Not, not this time. Okay. No, just gonna straight up attack. Oh, natural 18 on the die, mm. uh, which I believe for a rapier, I think, is also a critical threat. I think you're right. So, see if I can roll again and actually maybe Come on. crit. Come on. 
for a natural one. Oh, man. man, every single time I roll good and then roll bad. <laughs> still a hit though. That's still, still a hit. hit. Four, come on. One point. Oh, Son of a wow, God. you are just crazy. 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 And so this, this mental effect that she did on you, this, this hypnotic stare, even though you're not aware of it, it feels like it's it's having some dampening it's just, effect on it's you. It's literally like like a fog. Like he's trying to concentrate, and like time keeps fuzzing in and out yeah. as he's moving through. It's like, did I just? How did I get here? Oh, awesome! So, Gulliver's moved around to put himself in a flanking position with Grip, and now it's Grip's turn. Yes, Grip is going to. I can't decide. Um, so flanked. Yeah. She's flanked. Yep. Plus two. Do I add that or do you add the flanking? You add that. Okay, he gets the slack look in his face, eyes rolling back of his head, neck cracks, and yeah, he's gonna go, he he, uh, he, he takes power attack. Yes. <laughs> and that one, let me just remember how this one works. I t- I'll take a minus one penalty on my attack roll to gain a plus two bonus on all melee damage rolls. Ugh, for a 10. Oh. Plus your bonus, though, right? Plus your regular. Oh, right. I do get. I do get my. <laughs> you know what? I feel. I am so ashamed. Yeah. yeah. That this blade is scaring me like this. That I just reach deep Come down on. and try Come to on, run through one. it no. uh, for a sixteen. Oh, it's a miss. So she dodges snake-like oh, out of the way. Oh. We're just one. We're oh, it's killing me. So grip cracks his neck, relearns power attack. <laughs> takes a swipe, misses, and it's up to it's Ray's turn now. Okay, Ray's gonna move into position to attack. Oh, nice. Even though he's sickened and fatigued. And fatigued. Moving in right next to Grip. Do I get a flanking bonus? You don't get a flanking bonus because there is no none of your allies opposite you. Okay. She's got her back to the wall, which is helping her a little bit avoid the double flank. Alright, so I have a minus three to attack rolls because of my sickened and fatigued conditions. Great. I love it. Do you? I think she's going to survive many more rounds of combat. <laughs> but will we? You can always roll a 20. Oh, yeah. Do it. Do, Do it. it. Roll that 20. You can always roll a 20. Nope. Not happening. All right. So Ray moves in, takes a swing, looking progressively worse and worse. And then Dr. Oatsday is up. Oh, she's got so many juicy targets. So many targets. But she wants to take advantage of her painful stare. She takes a five-foot step closer to Gulliver, who had still been 10 feet away because of his reach, and lashes out with her magical dagger. Hitting armor class 20. Oh, just hits me. So. This is not good. This triggers the painful stare bonus. This is not good. Nine points of damage. And Gulliver is down and bleeding out. Oh, okay. So Gulliver drops unconscious and dying. Level one just doesn't like you. No. Level one is hard. But I love level one. I love level one too. I'm going to take an instantaneous action. Can I do that? An immediate action? Instantaneous. No. No. You can take an immediate action. Well, that's semantics, isn't it? (laughs) No, No, the instantaneous refers to the duration. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So round four begins. Good try, though. Good try. <laughs> round four begins with Dr. Oathstay having been surrounded. Now she's no longer Gosh. surrounded as she um, just dropped Gulliver. Dora, you're up. Yeah, so Dora's almost out of juice for the day, but... First level. Gotta do it. So she's gonna uh, move one step diagonally to, to stay in range. 
and continue that idea of that pummeling down into the cruelty to dig into the brain so she should make another will save. That's very low. Is it a 15 or lower? Yes, it is an 11. Great. So... Is a mind thrust for full damage? Yes. And that's it. I'm done for the day. (laughs) See you guys tomorrow. Four. She's still not bloodied. Well, yeah, we. I mean, <laughs> I missed four times or something like that when I should have hit. Oh, Gulliver, boy. your turn. You want to give me a, a check to see if you stabilize? stabilize? See if you bleed on her. Yeah, let's try. Thirteen. <laughs> Excellent. So you only need a DC ten. So you have stabilized and you're no longer bleeding out. Huzzah! Grip, you're up. Well, nothing to it but to do it. What are you giving me that look for, Polly? (laughs) Remember what I did to you before, when I was standing right next to you, last time we fought together, and I made your fists magical? Oh, yeah. So, they're standing next to each other. Grip (laughs) is probably like winding up and Ray's like, no, nobody, no, nobody, just wait for it. I'll, um, hmm, I understand what you, yeah, I'm not that dumb. No. I'm just slightly below. Can it it be like, I I will, I will hold my action until... Uh, based on the look Ray is giving me. Ray, you're up. It reminds me of like Wolverine and Colossus. They have the speedball special. <laughs> so like uh, just standing next to you and like putting my hand out on your shoulder before you do anything. I cast a standard action magic weapon on you, which gives, gives you a plus one enhancement bonus. Okay. To attack rolls and damage rolls. Yeah. And you, I still have a move action left? You do. Okay. I'm going to get the fuck back. And Ray scoots the heck back towards the north half of the room. Grip, you're up. I'm going to attack with my newly magical fisties. Yeah. I've done all the math. I'm at a I'm at a net plus three oh. after my normal bonus, my plus one for magical fists, my minus one for power attack, and my minus two for being shaken. <laughs> net Yay, plus math. three. Come on. And some action points left, probably, too. I do have, I have three action points left. 19 on the die. Oh, excellent. For a 22. That is a hit. I wish it was a critical three. So that gives me a plus, extra plus two on my damage, so that's a total of plus five damage. Uh, For seven. Is she bloodied now? With that punch, something snaps in her sternum, and she is bloodied at this point. And you can see Yay. she's starting Good. to wobble. And I'm the bit. only one uh, near her. And she Bye. is going to attempt to faint again. I'm sorry. There was an extra plus one on that damage because I did not take. I forgot the magical bones. Oh yeah. Oh, great. She gets in the very high twenties on the faint check, so you are flat-footed again against this attack. Okay, that's great. A low roll, but she's got a good attack bonus. What is it total here? 13? Does that hit you flat-footed? That is just what she <sighs> Son of... Six points of damage. She is good with up. this knife. So merely a, a round ago, she was completely surrounded by the majority of the party, and now she is standing going toe-to-toe with just grip and an unconscious Gulliver lying at her feet. Dora, you're up. Is there rubble in the room? Yes. Absolutely. Is there rubble <laughs> within 25 feet of me? Yeah. I'm going to try. She gets that image of that piece of rubble coming up and smacking Dr. Ostey in the head. Great. And she is in melee with grips. You I take know. that minus four so, so penalty. Minus two. Cumulative. 
I rolled an 18. So that's a 16, which I think has missed before. So I'm ashamed of it. These are shame points. Well, I, uh, 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 16, 22. And that is a hit. For just two points of bludgeoning damage. Awesome. But in the head. Right in the head. Yeah. Clock her in the uh, head. Right, and then the I'm going to come back around the other side of the table and, and with darting looks toward that last basin. Okay, so next would be Gulliver, but he is unconscious. Ray, you're up. I'm going to channel positive energy. I should be just able to hit Grip without healing her. Oh, I thought you had selective channeling. I can, yeah, but she's not undead, right? Doesn't selective channeling allow you to- Selective channeling allows you to eliminate people from the range of the It's not just undead. Oh, right. So you can get a little closer and catch him. All right, thank you guys for the reminder. Five, ten. Bring our skills-based friend uh, back. We love you so much. Thank you. In the worst possible position. Oh, no, she's five feet away from him, so. Okay. You can stand up without taking any <laughs> For one hit point. And I am at zero. Hey. Doing great, guys. <laughs> How many rounds has it been? A hundred. Oh, seriously. <laughs> We're in round five. Round five. Okay. So, Gulliver, at zero hit points, you're what is called disabled. You can take a single move or a standard action, but not both. You move at half speed. And if you perform any standard action, you take one point of damage at the completion of the act, which probably knocks you back unconscious again. Grip, you're up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit her. I mean, that, that's. Let's see, what's at play? I'm, my fists are still magic, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a minute. So that's plus five. So I'm back at the net plus three again. For a nineteen. Yes. That's a hit. Do so much damage, though. I'm gonna. I'm, that's the plan. Good plan. For 12 points of bludgeoning damage. Six on the die. So she gets clocked in the head by a piece of rubble from Dora. She gets smashed on the other side of the head by your fist. She is reeling, but she is still in this fight. And I'm taking a five foot step. Okay. Well, that's gonna make her un... Well, but you're down. It doesn't matter. Although, until I take an action, is she even aware that I've been you want to give me a bluff check? She absolutely I do. Are you kidding me? Someone asks. I rolled a one oh, on my... Oh, I rolled a three. Oh, you did. I rolled Thank a God. one on my sense motive. I rolled a three. Oh, my God. So what's the total here? Oh, seven. I do have one last action point, and I'm going to blow it now because one last shame point to try to get me over the hump. Ten. Is your total? Ten is my total. Her sense motive bonus is... 11. Oh, so she gets at 12. What? So she's aware that you are conscious. Son of a gun. We really cannot catch a break. I'm off by one every single time. But that's, hey, that's that's how the dice work. It was nice knowing you, go. She attempts to cast a spell defensively. <laughs> she fails her concentration check <laughs> and loses the spell. Oh, yes! Yes. That was what we needed. Suck it, old stick. That is a massive blow to her plans. Okay. Oh. Okay. So she glares at Grip and Ooh. implants the hypnotic stare. Round six, Dora. She's just leaning into that mischievousness. Wish she hadn't moved closer and still at a net minus two. And a missed. 
rock goes Super flying. Close to that 20. Gulliver, you're, you're back in the game. Okay, back in the game. Oh, actually, this is a legit question. Do I still have my rapier in my hand, or did I drop it on the ground when I went unconscious? You drop it on the ground. So even the action of picking up my rapier would make me fall unconscious again. No, that's a move action. No. Oh, okay. Well then, for this round, I will pick up my rapier. Ray, you're up. Channeling positive energy. Excluding her. Excluding her. And how much do you heal, everybody? One. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my god. <laughs> Your intentions are delightful. Did you want to move? Party of grazers. Did you want to move anywhere? Oh my god. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna try to put the. I'm gonna move further to the south to get this table between me and her. Great. Grip, you're up. You're now flanking again with me because I now have a weapon in my hand. Yeah. Oh, great. Sweet. So that's in my long. I'm long back arm. to a net plus five. Nice. Twenty-one. Hit. Sixteen on the die. Four, three, six, seven, eight, nine. Fist lashes out, smashes her right in the chest. She goes flying backwards, and she her dead body lands yes. right on <clears throat> Gulliver. <laughs> so you've got doppelganger corpse face right in your face. Lifeless tongue sort of draped across your cheek, and you're covered in her blood and her and her awfulness. Dora runs to the basin that she believes the experiment to be in. There is a ladder on the south side of the basin where it was hard for you all to see that is uh, leaning against the basin. You could climb up there and look down if you wanted yes. to. Yes. So you climb up to the top of this ladder and you look down at this empty giant wash basin, 10 feet wide, 10 feet deep, and standing at the bottom of it is a corpse with a horrifying dog face Ugh. blood sort of pouring out of its mouth. It's got a humanoid arm that it's chewing on, and this ghoul is wearing the vestiture of a priest of Phrasma. End of chapter seven. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes, along with additional music, composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Fantastic. Can we level? <laughs>